Well, I hope and pray that you have enjoyed worship in these woods today. I'm so thrilled and honored to have you join me here. This really is my happy place. I've been coming here, like I said earlier, for 14 years, and I'm so thankful you're here, and I'm so thankful my son, Wesley Jacob Kelly, is here. You know, Memorial Day is something that uh, we celebrate every single year on the last Monday in May, and it's the time when we honor and we celebrate the men and women who have literally died, given their lives in sacrifice for this country so that we can have freedom. And as I've often said, freedom is not free. You might be aware of this, but it used to be called Decoration Day. And it originated in the years following the Civil War and became an official holiday in 1971, and we've been celebrating it ever since. And so I thought it would be really cool for you to hear from my son, uh, Wesley. He is 21 years old. In fact, he just turned 21 years old. He attends the Citadel, which is one of the highest ranked military colleges in our nation. It is located in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, I wanted to share all kinds of awards and honors that this guy has been given. Um, and he shut that down in a hurry. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do any of that. He said, "Dad, this is a weekend uh, that's not about me. This is a weekend about men and women who have given their lives." But I'm just so proud of you, Wesley. Uh, he's a rising senior. He's going to be going into the army. And I'm just wondering, Wesley, just as you join me here for just a, a few moments today, what does Memorial Day mean to you? Yes, that's a, that's a pretty good question. Um, yeah, so Memorial Day is a day that we really just honor those, like you said, that have given their lives for this country. Um, but I think we honor them by remembering them. Hmm. And it's not only that um, we remember them because we we really can never pay them back wow. for what they have done for us. So even just taking a minute or two to reflect on them, to uh, console with their family, their friends, um, that kind of stuff, and just the community as a whole, just to really reflect on what they've given to us so that we can enjoy the amenities of life and our freedom, which is something that Americans really take for granted most of the time. Um, what, Mor what Memorial Day means to me, though, personally, it has really... It represents the men and women who have paved the way for guys like me and those that come beside me to go into the military and continue yeah. their legacy and continue this great country ultimately. Um, so it's something, it's a special day that a lot of people um, kind of not necessarily take for granted, but we see it as a three-day weekend to go to the lake or we yeah. go and we celebrate. But um, I say just take a minute or two just to reflect on what people have done for us. Um, that's good. That's, yeah. That's good, man. We, uh, we, I think we do. We have a tendency to take it for granted. Uh, put you on the spot here. This is not even a question that we discussed. Um, why did you feel compelled to go into the military and serve our country? What, where, did that, where did that come from, and what do you, what, what do you attribute that to? Uh, for me, it wasn't really much of a decision. It was pretty easy. Um, Honestly, it was such a calling. It's kind of like the question of, if not me, then who? Yeah. Um, the military itself has been so inspiring to me growing up. And uh, it, the military has produced some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest yes, um, just people in our country, ultimately, overall. But 
for me, it was something where I couldn't look at the military and say, that's not for me. Hmm. It's something where I think I could really um, use my God-given gifts and skills and uh, use it as a tool uh, overall just to further his kingdom, further my ministry, further uh, my life ultimately. So that's something where I, if I didn't go into the military, I feel like it's something I would always um, regret. But I mean, that's that's just for me personally. It's obviously not for everybody. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll say, I mean, for me, it was... It was, if not me, then who? And it was something where I couldn't look at myself and say, no, this is not what I want to do. Right. I love you use that word calling, man. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned your gifts and, and, and just the way you have excelled at the Citadel and become an amazing leader uh, of your class and of your troop. And, uh, man, I'm just so, so proud of you. Uh, your tattoo. Uh, I believe that's really related to a lot of this. And the cool thing about your tattoo is it's a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. So let's let's uh, show that to to our folks, and they've yeah. probably already seen it as you've talked. And tell us about your tattoo, because because it, it really is an amazing um, combination, or it brings together Memorial Day and what we're here for as we celebrate the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. So I got the uh, Roman numerals 4, 15, 13 tattooed on my forearm. And for me, or what this is representative of is John 15, 13, the Bible verse that says, Greater love has no one than this for one man to lay down his life for another. Some translations say for his friends. Um, And what it's ultimately representative of is uh, God who sent his son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of of our sins. And there's really no greater love than that. But uh, for me and guys beside me, um, it kind of takes, it takes a little twist uh, and we kind of have our own um, like segment out of that into, there's no greater love than um, for soldiers to lay down their lives for their family, for their friends, for the ones that they leave behind for this country. Um, and so it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily realize uh, the seriousness of. But going into the military, yeah, there is uh, something that comes with the oath that you swear that you may ultimately be called to give your life for this country. And I know me and many guys like me have a certain uh, peace with that. And so it's something where you there's this huge spiritual meaning um, where God has given us the ultimate love, showed us the ultimate love, and now we want to take that and we want to bring it into our own lives and show those um, through our service what it means to us. Yeah, I can attest to that as I have uh, raised you and since you surrendered to this calling, conversations that we've had before, um, I'm, I'm uptight about the thought or the idea of you ever having to give your life, um, but I admire that and I respect that on behalf of the church and on behalf of uh, all Americans, just want to say thank you for that willingness and really want to honor and say thank you to those who've already gone before us and ultimately given that sacrifice of life for us. Man, Wesley, I love you. I am super, super proud of you. This church family that's helped raise you is uh, super proud of you, man. Thanks for being who you are. Thanks for serving our country. We love you, man. Love you, bro. So the cross, I don't know if you've ever spent a lot of time reflecting on it but it's why I've brought you here today. The cross is the ultimate emblem of sacrifice and love. We see them everywhere. We see them on top of churches. We see them in cemeteries. We see them as fashion statements around people's necks. 
And if we're not careful, they can become cute and attractive. And yet we can forget that the cross was one of the most brutal forms of Roman execution, which is why I thought it would be cool to celebrate Memorial Day weekend here around my cross. When I come here, I normally have two thoughts that are running through my mind. Here's the first thought, and, and hopefully you'll just reflect on this today, wherever you are. Maybe you're out on a lake somewhere, or maybe you're at the beach, or maybe you're in your home. But here are the two thoughts that I believe God would have us reflect on today. Here's the first one. I should have been the one on the cross. Do you ever think that when you see a cross? I think we've lost touch with that reality. When I sit here and it's just me and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and I'm worshiping God, I'm ever mindful of my own sin. I'm ever mindful of the fact that, that my sin nailed Jesus to the cross so it should have been me there at the cross. Have you ever just had that thought? Think about it for a moment. It should have been you, if I might say so myself. Maybe you remember that old spiritual that we used to sing in the church. It's, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And then it, it goes, oh, I tremble. How I tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? The reason I tremble, the reason we should tremble as we bask at the cross today is because the truth is we should have been there. We should have been the one on the cross. All the way back in the Old Testament, the way they got right with God is that the priest and the people of God, ancient Israel, would sacrifice lambs. Leviticus 17, 11 reminds us that there is life in the blood. So they would sacrifice lambs, perfect lambs, without blemish. Interestingly enough, Jesus would come walking along and in John chapter 1, verse 29, the Bible says it like this, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The only way he was able to take away the sins of the world, to take away my sin, to take away your sin, is because he was sinless. But my sin had to be dealt with. And so Jesus took the hit. That is what I mean when I say it should have been me on the cross and it should have been you, but it wasn't. It was Jesus. No greater love than this, that Jesus would lay down his life on a cross for you and for me. Romans 5 verse 6 puts it like this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
praise God. Here's a second thought that I tend to reflect upon when I'm down here. God loves me that much. The first one is, I should have been on the cross. You should have been on the cross. The second key thing for us to reflect on this Memorial Day weekend is that God loves me and God loves you this much. That he, though he was sinless, would die a brutal death. Again, Roman execution on a cross was brutal. Jesus endured it. Jesus went there. Why? Because he loves us that much. You know, we've been talking about John 15, 13, but if you just back up a little bit in your Bibles, look at what John 15, 12 says. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus said, hey, check it out. Love people as I have loved you. And then here's what he did. He put it on full display when he spread wide his arms and he died a sinner's death for you and for me. You know, epitaphs are a powerful thing. What is said about us when we die is a window into how we lived our lives and what we think was most important. Ludolf van Cullen, a Dutch mathematician, you might recognize his name, he was the first one to calculate pi. Died at the age of 70 in 1610. You know what he had put on his tombstone? 3.14159265358910. And then a lot more numbers on his tombstone. He, He wanted his proudest achievement to be known to all as he entered eternity. The great late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had the following epitaph. Free at last, free at last, Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. You know what Jesus' epitaph was? It was the cross. When we think about the cross, we hear, see, imagine a resounding message from Almighty God, which declares, it is finished. I have laid down my life, a sinless savior for a sinful humanity. And the cross speaks so loud. It was Jesus's ultimate epitaph with a resounding message from God. This is how much I love you. It's why when we sing that old hymn, it is well, We sing those great lyrics. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Here it is, church. Was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. You know, I became a Christian at the age of 18 And I came out of a season where I had wasted so much of uh, my life 
and my resources, and I didn't have anything. I didn't, I didn't have any possessions. I didn't have any money left. I had totaled and crashed my 1968 Mustang. And so I was in dire straits. And my dad took me back in. I'm very, very grateful for that. But because I didn't have anything, I would have to hit my dad up for just about anything. He, he helped me get back into school. And then I wanted to start dating good, godly Christian girls. At that point in time, I'd found a great church home. So when I would go out on a date, I'd have to hit my dad up for some money. Or if I was going to work and I needed some money for lunch, dad would give me that. And then I needed uh, something to drive. And so uh, my dad would uh, give me, he gave me a car. He gave me a, a, a 1978 Toyota Tercel. And, and every time he would give me anything, this is just how my dad would roll. Maybe some of you came from parents like this. He would write it down. And so I knew that every time I borrowed any money from him, it was getting recorded. And he would remind me on a regular basis uh, the balance that was due. And this went on for about a year. And uh, I remember um, the first Christmas that I had back with my family. And um, we were gathered around that day and everybody was opening up Christmas gifts and we were eating Christmas dinner. And, and throughout the day, I know we're not supposed to keep up with these kinds of things, but, but I noticed everybody was getting gifts and I was getting gifts as well from some family members, but I was getting jack squat from dad. I mean, there was, there was no gift from my old man. And I was wondering like what in the world uh, was up with that? But anyway, as the day ended um, and the crowd started to thin out and my family members started to go back home, my dad walked up to me and he handed me a card. And uh, to be honest with you, I kind of thought, well, it's about time. You know, I haven't gotten anything from you all day long. It's about time. And so I opened up the Christmas card. And when I opened up the card inside the Christmas card, was a sheet of paper and it had at the top of the piece of paper, you owe me. And then underneath that, every single line on the first page, first side of that piece of paper, it was all these things that I'd borrowed money for, lunch or date or gas or whatever the case may be, turned it over to the second page. Again, all the way down the second page, itemized list of all the things that I owed my dad for. And at the bottom of the second page, it had the grand total and uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was somewhere around $6,000. And at the very bottom of that piece of paper, my dad then wrote, your debt is paid in full. Merry Christmas. You know, when I think about that, I still get choked up a little bit and thankful for my dad. But I had just become a Christian and I was growing in the faith. And for the first time, I started to grapple with the extent, not of my earthly father's love, but the extent of our heavenly father's love. And I started out just a few moments ago talking to you about the fact that it should have been you on the cross. It should have been me on the cross. And the truth is there, there could be an itemized list of 
all of the things that we have done that offend the heart of God, the shortcomings, the transgressions. I will call them what they are, the sins. And I don't know about your piece of paper, but mine wouldn't just be a front and back of one piece of paper. It would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of paper with an itemized list of all of my sin. And yet the message of the cross is that day 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ himself, the sinless Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, went up on a cross, spread wide his arms and said, I love you this much. Your debt is paid in full. That is the message of the cross. And that is the ultimate thing for us to celebrate on this Memorial Day weekend. Again, no greater love is this than one would lay down his life for another. That's what Jesus has done. And what he says to you And what he says to me is your sin debt, though it is extensive, though your list of transgressions is long, oh, thanks be to God, praise his holy name. It is paid in full. We're gonna sing a song in just a moment over you that the staff team of New Hope Church have pulled together and, and they sing it. Maybe you've heard it. It's a very popular song. It's called The Blessing. And it actually comes from Numbers chapter six, where the Bible says this in verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Listen to me, church. Ultimate peace, ultimate peace comes from realizing that we have a God who has loved us so much that he took our place on the cross and he paid our sin debt, not in part, but the whole in full. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today. And I just want to thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. God, it's the beauty of the gospel and it never gets old. Father God, thank you for the old rugged cross where you took the hit for me, where I should have been the one up on the cross, but instead you sent your son, Jesus And for once and for all, you have laid it down and declared this is the ultimate and eternal emblem of my love. And that we, oh God, can approach the cross and we can know that our sins are forgiven and the debt is paid in full. Father, before we get ready to sing this song, the blessing over the movement and anyone else who might be joining us today, Father, I just want to take a moment and and give someone a chance to accept the gospel. Lord, for the most part, I know most of us are just 
excited to think about the cross. We're, we're, we're thankful for what you've done. We're going to continue in this Memorial Day weekend being ever so grateful of the way you have taken care of a sin debt that we could not pay. But God, I can only imagine that there are people joining us today and they have never received that gospel. They've never received that good news, that good gift that says, I've paid it in full. If that's you, it's a simple prayer that will allow you to be what the Bible calls born again. So why don't you just make this simple prayer, this declaration on this Memorial Day weekend. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you to be my savior. I need you to pay my sin debt in full. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Today I receive you. I give you my entire life. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me follow you as a child of God. Lord God, we praise you today. We thank you. Would you bless your church now as we sing this blessing over them? And we pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.